Big Fluff. Ogres are like onions. They stink? Yes. No. Oh, they make you cry? No. Oh, you leave them out in the sun, they get all brown, start sprouting little white hairs. No. Layers. Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Onions have layers? You get it. We both have layers. <sighs> oh, you both have layers. Oh. You know, not everybody like onions. Cake! Everybody loves cakes. Cakes have layers. I don't care what everyone likes. Ogres are not like cakes. You know what else everybody like? Parfait. Have you ever met a person you say, hey, let's get some parfait. They say, hell no, I don't like no parfait. Parfaits are delicious. No! I'm Joel Murphy, this is Hobo Radio, and with me, Lars Periwinkle. Happy birthday, buddy. Oh, stop it. <laughs> How's it going? Okay, I'm old. Yeah, right? You know, I believe it was, <laughs> I believe it was Smash Mouth who said, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Oh, Christ almighty. That's a song yep. from like 20 years ago, if you want to feel old. Yeah, 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 yeah. For 20 years ago, when we were graduating high school. You know, so okay. old. By the way, I, I had something real that I wanted to mention at the top, because, so, I was uh, on Netflix the other day, which is a confounding place of mystery yeah. filled with yeah. just a, a shoot of trash that's just endlessly yep. spilling new content, but... I was looking through, and they, they do the thing on Netflix where they tell you the top 10 things being viewed, right? Yeah. Sure. I looked, and on this day, this was in the past week, two of those top 10 spots were Shrek and Shrek 2. Eh? Yeah. Not like new releases. <laughs> Maybe they just added them to Netflix. I don't know. But like, it wasn't like the Criterion cut. <laughs> It wasn't like Shrek with new, you know, added content. Just the film Shrek and the film Shrek 2 had two Jesus. of the 10 spots. 20% of the top films on Netflix on that particular day were Shreks. Well, you know, they're they're hugely popular films and they're they're easy for the kids to watch. You always take that into account. You you and me were were childless. Mm-hmm. And um, we we never we never think about that we, when we get these you know my uh, my trivia team um, Annie's boobs made the playoffs again last night no big deal uh, <laughs> we you get this question every once in a while of like what we're you know uh, it'll be one of those like name five of the top 
top eight grossing films of last year. And you have to come up with these goddamn kids movies because you don't know what they are. Like the Croods is hugely, a hugely popular and profitable film franchise. I don't know what the fuck that is. I just know the name because it's a <laughs> money maker. And Shrek is what well, I don't mean to take a shit on Shrek. Like I saw the first two Shrek movies. They were good. I mean, some body watched them. Yeah. So I guess I that was my thing is like I understand everything you're saying, but yeah, I just I, I guess I wouldn't have anticipated. And I think maybe we're of an age because I could totally see someone a little bit younger than us who has kids and it's like that was a movie they liked as a kid and they're going to show their kid but like I have to say that I'm a little surprised at just how enduringly popular the Shrek films are which is not even yeah. a knock on them I, I don't dislike them but I also don't think they're great <laughs> no but it's fascinating isn't it like yeah like Shrek, the first Shrek movie was a a fucking monster mm -hmm. and then Sh shrek 2 the same and then we keep going with these shrek movies and then b before they even got old enough to be popularized by irony people liked the movie ironically they yes. just did yeah and i think that maybe that's some of it too is i i wonder if some of the appeal shrek seems like it was like folded into meme culture i know there's like i've seen a ton of like shrek yeah. memes oh, sure. so sure. it's like i think that was it it was like fresh on the minds of young people as like this t like like i think it just got sw like folded into pop culture at the right time totally and, and, and it kind of like pushed through the irony and now it's like now it's genuinely popular again and all that yeah. happened in a very short amount of time like but also there's all like <laughs> They're like, why is, I guess Shrek is fucking Wario right now. Right. So I, that's a, that's a thing. So, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's all of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It's funny. I feel like my biggest memory of Shrek at the time that it happened is I was really excited for Eddie Murphy because I am yeah. such an Eddie Murphy fan. And that was when he was in this, like, like, I don't think people can appreciate if they're younger than us, how popular Eddie Murphy was in our childhood. Like just, he yes. was um, yeah. like, he was everything. He, he was in every yeah. movie and we were so happy to see him every single time. He's the funniest man on planet. Earth. Right. Yeah. He's the funniest man on the planet. He would sell out stadiums for his comedy. He, we even he let was him selling out stadiums for his comedy when he was 21 years yeah. old. Yeah. We he all, was a, a fucking a fucking juggernaut we also just all accepted because of how much we loved him that he released a like non-comedic party anthem and we were like you know what it's it's cool it's fine we'll just it, you, let eddie do it yeah, yeah. that's fine i'll, I'll sh I, yep i'll shake my ass to this yeah, i don't yeah. care it's eddie murphy we love yeah. him but yeah like i mean he <laughs> he basically single-handedly carried the non Lorne Michael Saturday Night Live era, like whatever that was two years uh -huh. or whatever. That was like, what's like a Dick Ebersol was just, he was brought in to replace, <laughs> yeah. to replace Lorne Michael and his solution, which I don't blame him. It might've been my solution too, was like, what if I hire Eddie Murphy and then sit in my office and count money? And that was what he right. did. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's some dollar bills in here I can look at. <laughs> but yeah. So then, then all of that to like, yeah. 
huge movie career of like action movie career. He did the uh, Beverly Hills Cop yeah. movies, just all. The, and then I don't know. He he played all the characters in the clumps, and then that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, if you're wondering, look, if you're wondering where Eddie Murphy is and why he isn't reemerging because we all want him to. It's because he's counting his Shrek money. Right. But that, <laughs> so that was all that to say that, yeah, Shrek came along at the right time for him when I think he really needed something. And then it was this like wheelbarrow full of money franchise. But yeah, yep. it's interesting with Eddie Murphy because like you still I, I thought he was having the resurgence that I'd wanted a few years ago because he did the Dolomite movie, which was good. And then they made mm -hmm. another barbershop, which are not bar. I'm sorry. Uh, barbershop. <laughs> Uh, they made um, the coming to America. I think I just pictured oh, yeah. the characters yeah, yeah. in the barbershop in coming to America, uh, but they made another coming to America, but that was like, I watched it. It was a very like victory lap. It wasn't bad, but it was, Oh yeah, it was, it was just a love letter to the first movie. Totally. Right. But, but I thought that was like, okay, we're getting an Eddie Murphy resurgence. And then he went, he went away again. So I don't know. What's... He went, he went away again because he doesn't, he doesn't need yes. to do it. And I totally get that. And you know what? It's funny that this came up because I was just talking to Julia um, this week about how um, there was a, there was a, in all of human history, no one gave a shit about Tim Allen. Until 1991, when Home Improvement started. I think I speak for everyone then, when I say, ma, ma, ma. <laughs> Okay, sorry. And then, and then, um, when that show, uh, when that, sh <laughs> that show jumped the shark, no one gave a shit again. Um, you know, the, the Santa, they were pumping out these Santa Claus movies, but they weren't very good, but whatever. Um, and but right right there right there the mid 90s when tim allen when at was at his peak he got cast as buzz lightyear oh man and he can do that shit forever no like it could have like this isn't like tom hanks is evergreen yeah you know what i mean yeah but tim allen was i was popular right then oh yeah i I got cast as that character and I'm set for fucking life. How I mean, perfect yeah, it, is that? In some ways it's, it's like being one of the Simpsons voice actors of like, look, all of those people are talented. I, it's like being Yeardley Smith. I love Yeardley Smith so much, but she just uh -huh. voices Lisa Simpson and she uh -huh. gets paid millions of dollars forever to voice <laughs> Lisa Simpson. And got, first, uh, meanwhile, like Hank Azaria is covered in flop sweat by the end of a Simpsons <laughs> recording. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah, and no, she's totally. like, oh. just like right, right place, right time. Like, you, yeah, you, you know, and and, un and uh, unlike a, like a unlike a Yardley Smith or a Hank Azaria, like Tim Allen also has some pretty well, pretty weird opinions. Well, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> but I was, he's, he's Buzz fucking Lightyear. What are you gonna do? I want to be clear. Yeah, in equating their careers, Yardley Smith is a national treasure, and we're lucky to have her. And uh, she seems like the loveliest of human beings. And I do not feel yeah. that way about Tim Allen. So, <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. Yarnley Smith has one of my. <clears throat> she spoke one of my favorite lines in movie history in City Slickers. I'm not going to set the scene for you, but because it's a pretty bleak one, because Daniel Stern, like, <laughs> railed an employee in his car or whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and someone, 
um uh uh she gets she gets called a little girl and she says i'm not a little girl i'm 20 and that's one of my favorite lines that her her <laughs> delivery on that is so goddamn perfect she also i've listened to some of her pod she has a podcast now that's like a detective podcast like a true yeah, crime. yeah. she yeah. she made she married a, a detective she married a detective who is a twin and this man's twin is also a detective it's it's actually a really good story and a really good podcast. Yeah, I like yeah. that one. Uh, yeah, I forget but, what it's called. Is it Small Town Dicks? That's yes, what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, it's funny Go that you say that. that you say that about Buzz Lightyear because I do think that Tim Allen is set as far as like as long as they make Toy Stories. But did you catch that that they are making a Buzz Lightyear film, which is interesting because it's it's not the toy Buzz Lightyear. This is supposed to be. The the Buzz Lightyear that the toy was it's a it's it's hard to explain conceptually, but I mean I understand it. Of like, it's not the toy. It's not a Toy Story movie. It's not about the toy that he voices. It's instead the television show that Buzz Lightyear was on in the reality of the Toy Story universe. Mm -hmm. But did you catch that? Do you know who's voicing Buzz Lightyear in that movie? I think it's Captain America, is it? It's Chris Evans. So they did yeah. recast it. So that doesn't make any sense if you think about it in terms of why did the toy have a different voice? Now, there was a Buzz Lightyear cartoon, um, I want to say in the late, no, early 2000s. That was really good. I liked it a lot. And, it, and in that one, Buzz Lightyear was voiced by a Patrick Warburton. See that, so man. I think I think Tim Allen is only going for the big paychecks. The rest, the rest of that, like he doesn't give a shit about that character. He's just he's just trying to get that big payout. Um, <laughs> and I'm I guess I don't blame him for it. I guess so I don't know. Seems kind of lame. I don't like Tim Allen, but that's just yeah. me. <laughs> I also man, now I'm you're telling me that there's an alternate reality where it could have just been Patrick Warburton from the Jump. Yeah, what a yeah. If you didn't just like cast them a popular comedic actor at the time and actually picked a a good voice actor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it is a drag it's a total drag i i do remember did did you send it to me i feel like we both watched this but do you remember whatever show that's like put upon father <laughs> whatever tim allen hey. whatever what is tim allen's i don't even know if it's his current show but it was like his last show of like you know frustrated sitcom dad i think it was called <laughs> was it called last man standing because it was like it was called last man standing where, yeah i think he owned, he owned like a bait and tackle shop <laughs> but this is the only clip i ever saw and i feel like you sent it to me but maybe i'm wrong that tim tim the Toolman taylor showed up on that show and so they met his character from Last Man Standing, and I had never seen an episode of Last Man Standing. Maybe you didn't see. You're making a face, so maybe it wasn't you. But I watched this clip, and it was Tim Allen talking to Tim Allen, and he's playing both characters. But it didn't seem like the Last Man Standing character was distinct enough for there to be like a contrast. So literally, the only difference was that Tim Taylor seemed to still dye his hair jet black. While other guy had gray hair. <laughs> that was not me, man. 
Oh, that well, seems like a colossal waste of time for them. But it was just, uh, yeah, so whoever sent it to me, thank you, I guess. But it was literally just two Tim Allens standing in front of a refrigerator talking. That's, and they were, that's wild. Because I know at one point, I think, um, uh, uh, like, they introduced his... Um, they kept introducing cast members from Home Improvement into that show, Last Man Standing. Like they were gonna like slowly just turn it into Home Improvement, except Tim Taylor owns this bait and tackle or whatever. I don't know. It got, it got weird. I don't. Yeah, I don't. It sounds like you're. And then more... he's talking. He that he's talking to Tim. That's I don't know. I don't know, man. What are they doing over there? I I I don't know. I have a, so I feel like I feel like our listeners, you know, I mean, we when we launched this show, to be clear, this show launched in uh, t- this, you know, 2008. And it oh, was wait, baby it was right around the time that the Dark Knight came out. And for Uh-oh. months, all you and I talked about was the Dark Knight. We used to right. we did a bit where we said it was contractually obligated and we would talk about it on every episode. So I just feel like if someone's been around this whole time, they might, they might, an eyebrow might be raised at the fact that we're like 15 minutes into this show and we have not mentioned the new Batman film that came out. So, so I feel like, let me ask let's start with this question. Have you seen it? No. No, so you haven't seen it. I have. Okay. okay. I have I have made a plan to see it. Okay. Because uh I was trying to get some people together. Let's go see this the I don't know. Sorry. But I did I just said let's go see this stupid fucking Batman movie. Um uh uh I just wasn't this this isn't a uh this isn't a stand in liner for me. Like I it's like it I, I I'm interested in seeing it, but I you know, it's not a Spider-Man or anything. I don't. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I damn thing. I just like I can't help. Like I, because you asked me about this a while ago, like a month or two ago. You yeah, because you went. What at what time of day did you go see this movie? Oh, I, I, so I actually ended up. So it's a weird thing that I think I've probably talked about. I've seen every Batman movie on opening night, like in my lifetime. I just have. Like when I was a kid, I, you begged my parents to go and then it became a thing, you know? So then, like, I think it was more this obligation, but no, I actually went, um, that like the, you know, opening, opening night, like the, I happened to see that they did a Wednesday night screening of this movie like yeah. there wasn't it wasn't a press screening it wasn't any like special thing it was literally just like the very first showing that existed was wednesday at 7 p.m for this okay. movie and so i saw that and there's there's a movie theater near my uh my apartment that kind of reminds me of like the movie theater that you used to work in when we were teenagers in that like yep, yep. i think it might be laundering drug money i there's never people in it it's not it's a just like in the middle of nowhere small movie theater that i don't understand how it stays in business so like when when you when you try to buy a ticket the employee goes oh hey yeah oh what's up (laughs) you you trying to go see a movie they set down their bong and are like all right fine (laughs) but uh (laughs) 
they had a screen, which it was actually, I've seen a few movies there. This, this one actually did sell out because there was only one screening, but when right. I bought the ticket, there was still tickets and every other screen because I bought it the week of. I think I bought it on Monday for Wednesday right. and they on Monday, they were the only theater probably in Los Angeles <laughs> that you could buy because I really didn't want to. But then I was like, the more I Bro, you you told me you bought this ticket. And I said, oh, that's cool. Are you are you excited to see the movie? And your response was, eh. Yeah, I I wasn't excited, but I I I mean I hope you know me well enough, and I hope our listeners know me well enough to know that like all that to say I didn't want to hate this movie. You know what I mean? Like I, as much as I wasn't, I watched the trailer. The trailer didn't hit me because I'm just bored with like I love Batman so much. I've loved Batman since I was a kid. I read the comics. I've watched Batman the animated series. I've watched. We way, all know. We all yeah. know you're a Batman man. Like yeah, you're a Batman aficionado, but it, no it, one's going to doubt your credentials. Eight point five, eight point five on IMDb, bro. No, this 8. is what 5. I'm saying. I feel like a crazy person because <laughs> everyone else in the world seems to love this movie, and I don't get it. I really, I thought it was kind of dumb. Eight point five, man. No, I sat there. I've been using Letterboxd. I really like Letterboxd, and I yeah. I saw that it has a four point three out of five on Letterboxd, and I was like, okay. "But that's like opening day." And I kept checking it, expecting it to go down. And it's not. It's just <laughs> you're an outlier. Look, it's your opinion. It it doesn't even sound it doesn't even sound like you're coming at it with any sort of um uh, veracity. You, you were, you just, you just thought it was meh. I think no I big just, deal. Just, I think I just had. I'm, I'm forever haunted by something, and I'm paraphrasing it. So hopefully, I get it right. But Christopher McQuarrie is a director that I think is truly brilliant. Like I actually think yeah. he is. He, if people don't know, the first thing he ever sold to Hollywood was The Usual Suspects, which he yeah. won an Academy Award for. Uh, he most recently makes. Uh, the Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise. Like he he partnered up with Tom Cruise. They've done a lot of stuff together. Uh, he makes those Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise. I think that he might actually truly be brilliant in terms of like the usual suspects, the way of the gun, like his writing to me. I'm like, this guy is the fucking truth. And I think if you watch his Mission Impossible movies, the way he directs them, the way that he visually tells a story I think he's very good, but I think that he's making <laughs> these like popcorn movies. And I remember reading a quote from him where he talked about because the way of the gun, which, again, is a movie I love is was an absolute failure box office wise. Yes, yes indeed. And yeah. he was asked about it and he said what he's come to realize is that the audience doesn't want anything different. The audience wants the same thing, but just in a way they don't expect it. And I. That quote has haunted my brain ever since I heard it. And I think that's how I felt watching this movie of. I like Batman from the comics, which is a pretty wide, like depending on, you know, in the comics, different writers would come on different artists. You'd get these different visual styles. You get these different writers. Sometimes they were really shitty writers that did stuff I didn't like. Sometimes they were really great writers. There's a guy, Tom King, who just wrapped up a run. He's still writing Batman stuff, but he was writing the main stuff and 
I thought he was great. You know, you get like Greg Capullo as an artist who is really awesome. So you get these different people and it's, it feels different. It's like a different interpretation. Someone comes in. What's driving me crazy about the movies is it, it kind of feels like Tim Burton went Batman is a dark, gritty character who wears all black and talks in this voice. And like, <laughs> and like Gotham is, you know, this sort of Tim Burton, dirty, gothic city. And to some degree, we've never escaped that. Like what Nolan did was go like, I'm going to make this as grounded in the real world as possible. Snyder went, I'm going to make this Ayn Rand or whatever <laughs> Snyder does. But like, it's all the same thing where it's just. Batman is like he's growly and he's real angry and he says things like I'm vengeance and he punches people in the face a bunch of times and he's real mad all the and it's like I mean that's there I'm not saying that's not the character but it's just I'm bored with it I I think we did it I think we did this Batman as much as we can do it in all the ways that we can do it and I just think Adam West was fun man like even like looking back now, Michael Keaton seems like he's having like compared to where we ended up. Keaton is playing a lighthearted, fun Batman. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I um, recently uh, Julia just put on just randomly was like watching. I'm watching Batman Returns, and uh, we watched that some bitch all the way through. And yeah, yeah, that's just it's just fun. That's a fun yeah. movie. That's a fun ass movie. Well, that's um, what I'm saying is like, you watch that movie. That movie's a great example because Catwoman is in this movie. Cat again, there's a lot of things that drive me crazy about Batman Returns in terms of its understanding of any kind of source material. <laughs> but if you throw that out, there's a Catwoman. She, like, when she becomes Catwoman, she has a thing that says hello there. She knocks it out so it says hell here. She's wearing this cat suit. She's got a whip. She does a bunch of somersaults into the frame and says, I am woman, hear me roar. Like that's at least interesting to watch these characters now. And it's, I think you talked about on the last thing with like Paul Dano is like, I couldn't sleep playing these characters. Like what, why to quote a character yeah. from one of these fucking movies? Why so serious? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> why? I think that's the thing is like, for me, everyone in this movie seems like it's a drag to exist in this movie and it's just like so why is that fun to watch it's just batman has well, become so you know, nihilistic we had, we had this same conversation we had this same conversation when um andrew garfield started playing spider-man with, yeah why are why are we watching this fucking guy get bit by a spider again yeah and yeah. then the same thing with why we have to every time we see a goddamn Batman, we we have to watch his mom get murdered. I will Stop say, it. We don't want to see that anymore. Look, I will say spoilers, I guess, but no pearls are splattered onto the ground in Thank this God film. for that. So we did escape that. But no, yep. it's just, yeah, it's just such a drag. Like, I feel well, like they're, they're retaining. Well, first, they want to retain the rights. So they have to make this Batman stuff all the time. But also... We were getting sick of this Spider-Man shit. We're going to keep rebooting this stupid Spider-Man, um, a character that we that is beloved and we, we all love. What did what did they do to renew him? 
they got him into the Avengers. Right. But, yeah. But there's no there's no Justice League. There right. isn't a Justice League to you. They keep wanting to make Batman movies, but we're 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 kind of sick of them. Like you can keep doing. I haven't seen this movie, but we all feel kind of like up to the gills of like you keep making these fucking Batman movies. But give a let's make a Justice League. I want to see Green Lantern. I think I think the dust has settled on that Green Lantern movie that everyone hated that I think was actually pretty okay. But the dust has settled. Let's bring Hal Jordan or John Stewart or whoever the fuck Green Lantern you want to put into the mix and make make a Justice League, like an actual Justice League and go forward with that. That'll be fun as hell. Well, that's like I mean the so the best things that I think DC has done recently. I really loved Birds of Prey, which nobody watched. So apparently, fuck me, I guess. But like, it's weird because no one watched that because the first Suicide Squad was so bad. But then they all watched the James Gunn Suicide Squad. But that's a different yeah. conversation. <laughs> Birds of Prey, Birds is, of Prey was, great. Is great. was great. It was great. It was really it was, fun. I thought it was a lot of fun. I wish they, I wish they hadn't, I wish they hadn't, I wish they hadn't killed that villain. But that's just me. It did. Yeah, I think that there was. Uh, potential to keep him around and that's a shame yeah. but uh yeah. no I, it was fun i mean like the fact that there's a big arc about her just wanting this egg sandwich and then again like i just you know yeah. these movies can be fun right <laughs> like i think that's yeah. what's driving me crazy uh is that you know they dealt with real stuff in that movie but like margot robbie got to be a fun harley quinn in the movie you got yeah. to see these characters I mean, Ewan McGregor's having the time of his life in that movie. <laughs> like, yes, even though he's playing a terrible character, but uh, a terrible character with a it, with a very good American accent. Yeah, totally. Uh, but uh, then you see, so you get uh, the Suicide Squad, the James Gunn one, which I did really enjoy, which led to yeah. Peacemaker, which Peacemaker was such a breath of fresh air in that. What a gem! Yeah, what a gem. just clear idea. Like, this is what this is. It's hair metal. It's John Cena. It's just these trashy people, like, living it's in trailers. Goof, goof, goofy as fuck. A lot of goofy people taking shit way too seriously. And just, the it had an opening dance sequence. I It's yeah, just, yeah. I think that's my thing. I'm just so burnt out on it, the serious, like... Just yeah. I don't know, and this Batman is emo. He's got like emo hair. It's just I don't like. It's just it's very exhausting, and it's weird because like I I liked John Turturro playing Carmine Falcone, which I don't don't think you're supposed to take away that that was the best villain in the movie. Because then it's like you got Paul Dano, who's a good actor. I like Paul Dano, and he's playing the riddler but the riddler's the zodiac killer you know the guy Ugh. in green spandex with like question marks that you know frank gorshin and jim carrey <laughs> played in the most Ugh. just like flamboyant over the top yeah, yeah. to me yeah. i always took the riddler yeah. as a guy that you would if you saw him in the street you would punch the riddler in the face and he would crumple but he's real smart yeah. he i always took him i took him as a guy who you could always see the outline of his penis yeah well there's definitely that mm -hmm. that's how gorshin played him for sure 
I mean, that's very yeah. good. <laughs> for sure. There it is. <laughs> but uh, but you know what I mean? Like, I never thought the Riddler was tough or scary. I thought he was more annoying. Uh-huh. He's a quiz master that you have to put up with because if you don't, someone's going to die. Like, that's what makes him a great character is that he has like the governor's daughter suspended above a pool of acid and you're like this is a very serious situation we gotta save her and he's like but first you must answer me these riddles three you fucking hate that guy (laughs) yep he's insufferable is probably the best word to describe the riddler is just like he's scary how smart he is but insufferable what a fucking dick just shut up shut up dude yeah (laughs) just shut up I mean, there's literally like the Batman, the animated series, the doctor, the doctor is his mother. Yeah, that's the fucking answer. Can I have my goddamn daughter back? Yeah. I mean, in the like Batman, the animated series canon, his backstory was he worked for this toy store that fucking hated him. (laughs) They were just like, this guy sucks. So they fired him and then made all this money off of the toys that he made. And he was mad at them. Like, that's a good arc. <laughs> Everything to, like Tommy Lee Jones is doing in Batman Forever aside, I actually think the instinct of the way they wrote Jim Carrey's Riddler was smart. You know, that, sure. like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's really insecure. He's very smart. He has shitty ethics and it's all interpersonal stuff that he's trying to settle. <laughs> yep. 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 But yeah, this movie made him the Zodiac killer, but also Saul. He like he did Saul tortures to people. Okay. Okay. Well, look, <clears throat> that is that's your perspective on a movie that you have seen and I have not. So I have no counterpoint. Now, right before we started, we talked about a movie that you had you had seen before me, and we mm-hmm. talked about it on the show. Yeah. But then I had seen this movie. Yes. After that. Yeah. I, I, I really want to know because I'm, I'm watching the, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to say, so you're, you're talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife and I'm just I'm gonna, watching the end of Ghostbusters Afterlife and there are tears running down my face. And you specifically said, I think on this show, I don't know if you said it afterwards or Check if it was tape. actually on the show <laughs> but what you said was fuck the end of that movie mm-hmm. that's what you said I, I, yeah look everything you, i you stand just, by these words you stand by yeah. these words look everything i just said about batman i'm gonna stay ideologically consistent <sighs> on what did i say that i didn't like the batman i thought it was too serious i thought uh-huh. it was afraid to do anything new I thought that we were trapped by people don't want anything new. They just want the same thing over and over again. So look, okay. You brought it up enough time has passed. Right. We're going to spoil right. the end of Ghostbusters afterlife because Let's you've seen it. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's go okay. ahead and do that. The end of Ghostbusters afterlife. If you haven't seen it, tr- hey, trick question. You have seen it because it's the end of Ghostbusters, but in a field, they just do it again. It's the same thing, but dumber. You know how like Ghostbusters dumber, but dumber is what you're going to say. Yes. Yes. Look, I know that you're talking specifically about Egon, but let's put a pin in that because what I'm talking about, how are you going to put a pin in the thing that the movie is about? But I'm saying what, what is happening when Egon shows up? What is, what is the threat to our new Ghostbusters and old Ghostbusters? What is it? Um, 
the love letter to no, Harold no, no, Ramis no. is what's happening. I, I'm saying literally what it what's happening. There's a mind. What's hap- a, what's ha- okay? What's you, happening? I don't know what you're evading. Is in this small in this small permission town. to treat the the witness as hostile. Okay, permission granted. But watch yourself, counselor. <laughs> okay, here's what's happening. There's an architect. How uh, are you going to ask me what's happening and then answer what's happening? Okay, but I'm saying, what's that guy? Shandor, right? <laughs> e- e- what's his name? Shandor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, in the original film, Ghostbusters, there's an okay. architect named Shandor who built the building that uh, Dana and... Uh, what is Lewis? Lewis? Lewis. Yeah. The Dana and Lewis live in. He built it real oh. crazy to basically facilitate. I, I'm, I'm Wikipedia. He built it real crazy. But it's like, it doesn't make sense. No, architecturally. No, like yeah. he, he built it real crazy and out of a specific sort of mineral. Yeah. It was basically, it was supposed to be like made out of material that was a conductor until it, into the supernatural. And that the idea was, the, was the that he wanted to bring back Gozer, the Gozerian, yeah. uh, uh-huh. and there was the keymaster and the the, the ring the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper, and uh, so all that happens. They end up on the roof. We see Gozer. Gozer asks, "Are you a god?" And then says, "How do you want to be destroyed?" And then they Ray try. They all try to clear their mind, but Ray thinks of the Stay Puft Marshmallow <laughs> Man, who shows up and stomps and everything. And then they burn the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man with their proton packs. And then they cross the streams and they defeat Gozer, right? And the idea was that this was happening at this particular building, and the building was built that way because that was the way to bring back Gozer, right? Do yeah. you, you agree? You do, can you stipulate all of that? I mean, no, th- I mean, that is that is the truth. Yes. Okay. Yes. So in this I don't new... know what you're building up here to, man. But yes, that is all the truth. So that in is this... all the truth of this fantastic movie franchise. No, that's the first movie. It's great. I love that movie. In this new stupid movie, though, apparently the same guy went out to some rural mining town and also built another thing that does all the same stuff, but in a mining town and later... And he the had same... to mine the minerals, Joel. But then where the same... is he going to get the metal? He had to get it so- from somewhere. But he then the... d- it doesn't come from anywhere. It's a specific kind of metal. But then it's the same ending. It's the, all the same stuff happens with the gatekeeper and the keymaster, and we haven't. I think that was kind of the fucking point, bro. Is like the same things happening. We probably should need to stop it again. That's what. I, but that's what I'm. What... What you liked is what I didn't like, that instead of writing a new movie, they just went, you know how you like, like, here's a, okay, Lars, what if they did this instead? It could have saved us all a problem. What if they just hired all those actors to sit around and reverently watch the original film Ghostbusters? Like, it's projected on a screen, and then Carrie Coon is in the corner eating popcorn, like, I like this part of Ghostbusters. This is a good part of Ghostbusters. And then that kid from Stranger Things is like, this is my first time seeing Ghostbusters because I'm that kid from Stranger Things. What a good movie Ghostbusters is. And then they all spend 20 minutes after it's over talking about how good a film Ghostbusters is. Okay, man. Look, I don't look. Okay, look. (laughs) The um, Gotham City is being terrorized (laughs) by, by a villain called the Joker. And the only person that can stop him is uh, is this hero that we call the Batman. 
That happened a couple times. Did you okay. enjoy it both times? Okay. But let's use that example because you're going to bring up that example. So the first film that I remember the Joker being in, I never saw those old serials, was Batman uh, 1966. They made a film. In that one, he teams up with the Riddler, Catwoman, uh, and the Penguin, and they have Catwoman pose as a woman named Miss Kitka to kidnap Bruce Wayne aboard a ship. Excellent, excellent, excellent disguise. Uh, then the next time we saw the Joker was in the 1989 film where Jack Nicholson played him. His plan was to throw a big parade and poison everyone. Uh, and then we saw the Joker, Heath Ledger. Uh, his plan was to uh, try to show that Gotham, like anyone in Gotham could be broken. So he set these two ships up with like explosives on them. He corrupted Harvey Dent. He blew up a hospital. He really wanted to show that everyone deep down was as scarred and as evil as he was. And then Jared Leto wanted to show that the Joker is terrible and a bad actor and ridiculous, I guess, <laughs> whatever he was doing. <laughs> uh, but like point being, yes, the same character showed up, but they literally didn't do the same thing again. So there's an organization, <clears throat> um, a, a small organization that, that stops terrorists. It's read. It's led by a um, uh, an agent called Ethan Hunt, and there's always someone trying to drop some nuclear weapons all over the world or whatever. And then Ethan Hunt like ends up stopping them in some spectacular way. That's not actually so. The plot of uh, Rogue Nation is that they're trying to get money from a secret account because the guy uh, is actually he was a British like. Am I, you know, like agent who's now using what he learned as a spy to run his own terrorist organization, but he wants the funding from the British government. Um, right. Okay. You know what? Good call. Instead of saying things that are true, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Is, um, is, is the Midwest New York City is a, before you answer that. Is a field in, in Iowa, is it the top of a building next to Central Park? But these points make it dumber because doesn't that negate the entire reason that know. that building existed? I don't, I don't know. You could. Well, not if the mine full of the exact metal that the building was made of is right there. But no, it, it doesn't negate shit. Okay, so, but by that logic, if the mine has the metal and that's all you need, then this architect didn't need to do anything, right? It was, the mine would have done it, right? The mine brings back Gozer. Um, I, I guess it could have. I guess it could have. I guess it could have. I'm just, I can you know. honestly tell me that the end of that movie wasn't just that he found the original script, did a copy-paste word for word exactly what happened at the end of the first one it's pretty much like because that's the thing you're saying yes sometimes characters show up sometimes similar things happen i'm saying the exact same thing happened nothing was changed the literal same characters did the same things in the same order they even said the line about are you a god they beat it by crossing the streams they made the same movie again word for word but with a CGI well, Ghostbuster this time. Well, for real, they didn't do it word for word. They obviously didn't do it word for word. Okay, but they mostly did. 
<laughs> it was a callback, man. It was a callback to a movie that was made in 1984. The same thing we were talking about with Coming to America. It was a love letter to the first movie. You know, it was and it was to do it to say goodbye to their friend who was Harold Ramis, who was one of the most brilliant comedic geniuses of the modern times. What did what did it hurt? You know what I mean? What did it hurt? It wasn't taking a shit on any franchise. I did. It wasn't it wasn't copying and pasting. It was like this is a thing that everyone loved and we're doing it again for people to love again. You know, and here's holy shit. Here's Harold Ramis to say goodbye to everyone. I just look, man, you love Star Wars <laughs> so much, right? Star Wars is your thing. Star Wars is kind of my thing. Starting yeah. with The Force Awakens. Uh huh. What was that movie? That movie was this movie. <laughs> it was what if we do the same thing again like we did it before? I just and I, re and I remember you talking about that movie with like zero vitriol, kind yeah. of like fondly saying like, I kind of see what they did there. It was it was definitely a little bit of like what they did before. Yeah, yes. But you I know, kind why? of understand. I kind of understand why they did that. Yes. You know why? Because at that uh, point, what needed to happen was Star Wars needed to show that like they could make a good movie and earn everyone's trust. And then what yeah, I thought was yeah. like, OK. Now you've earned everyone's trust. Now you can do something different. And they did that with Ryan Johnson. And again, going back to my thesis, as said by Christopher McQuarrie, people don't want anything new. They just want the same thing over right, again. Everyone right, hated right. Ryan Johnson and Disney went, oh, well, we can't do that. So then they made a zombie emperor and just made that whatever the Oof. fuck that last movie was. I'm saying building on this foundation we're going to get another Rise of Skywalker. Like, we at some point, you got to make new shit. I'm tired of the movie where we're just reverent about the old movie. Look, I'm with you there. I'm totally with you. I mean, you, you, if I, like, if I, if I was the person with a button in front of me that said, stop making Ghostbusters movies, I would hit that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> stop. Yeah. Please just stop. It should have stopped after 1989 because, um, you know, I, cause I, I'm, a, I, you know, the first Ghostbusters movie is great. I actually really love, though, um, Ghostbusters 2 with the yogurt stain. Yeah. So this is um, a pro Ghostbusters 2. But they had to. That's what I'm saying is they yeah. had to fix the franchise because I don't know if you're aware, but a few years ago they made a, a, a different Ghostbusters movie. It, Joel. None of the Ghostbusters were boys. What? They weren't boys. Well, but did they at least make the same movie as the original again, but like in a rural setting instead of a city? Nah, it was it was in New York, but it wasn't boys. Wait, so they did something different? Yeah, they did something different. It actually it actually looked pretty cool, and it was kind of fun, and so, there were some some pretty laugh out loud moments. But so this I feels like emphasize, I I can't emphasize this enough, Murphy. No boys. It kind of feels like this also fits into what I've been saying about how people don't want anything different. They just want the same thing over and over again. <laughs> the receptionist wasn't a girl. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. The receptionist at the, at the Ghostbusters headquarters wasn't a girl. It was a, it was a total dude. Yeah. And then all the Ghostbusters, they were girls. So It was terrible. Can I just go back to one point and then we can move on to? Yeah, go ahead. So go you're, ahead. you're totally, you had no issues with deadbeat dad uh, 
like Egon. Egon, the I, look, absentee father. <laughs> I think I, look, I'm not. I'm. I am not going to. I'm. I'm not going to question your opinion. Your opinion is yours, and I don't think it's invalid at all. But I. I would just say that maybe you're taking the Ghostbusters movie too seriously. I'm it was not. A, no, it I was think a, Ghostbusters it was, is it taking it too seriously. Movie. I'm it no, no, because no, like no, they didn't. No, no. It now wasn't we're arguing. Like he was a, no. They didn't now talk about him being. No, they didn't talk hey. about him being a deadbeat dad. Like they were all starving, and Egon came home and hit everyone. It was just <laughs> like it, they were talking about him like he was an eccentric weirdo, and he wasn't around. Whatever, everyone was fine. <laughs> like it's, okay, it is fine. I'm I'm upset at you now because I reject. I, oh, I say. That it is this film that is too serious, and I wish that it was more fun. This we because I look, look, Jason Reitman. I'm sorry that your dad didn't hug you enough when he was making Ghostbusters, so you made a two-hour movie. Hell, being like, Dad, what do you love me now? Okay, what is the theme of that movie if not Dad, please love me now? I'm doing Ghostbusters. Isn't that what Carrie Coon's character was doing? Maybe Christ I got something almighty. different. Mighty, we just lost Ivan Reitman. What are we doing? What are we doing on this podcast? Oh, I'm sorry. No, so wait, so, wait, no. so when someone is, is dead, we can't say that they're a bad father. I thought you liked it when they did it. Harold <laughs> Ramis. <laughs> It was a silly Ghostbusters movie. They made the characters serious by like giving them some stakes, but like there was no like nothing. I never took any of it seriously. I start I got emotional when you when you see Harold Ramis because you love Harold Ramis, but like there was nothing at stake in this film. Like the yes. world was never going to end. Right. There's it's, nothing it's at a stake fun in the Ghostbusters movie. Like the first movie, the world wasn't going to end in the first Ghostbusters movie. Everything was gonna be fine. Who the fuck cares? Yeah, but the first Ghostbusters movie was the first Ghostbusters movie. This was also the first Ghostbusters movie. Again. They just made the same how, movie how, again. How, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 I just felt, look, I found it really boring. It felt like to me, you're making me be meaner to this movie than I wanted to, but I feel like I have to. Because I'm not you making all, you do. You, you all need all. to hear you it. You are saying the words you you're saying. need to hear it because you're killing the movies. If we all can't move on and accept that if we're going to make more Ghostbusters, that they have to be different from the previous Ghostbusters. So look, I don't, was it cute that the marshmallows turned into little Stay Puft marshmallows? Sure. That was the most adorable thing. And Paul Rudd ran from them. That was great. Everything else in the movie is just <laughs> like a family guy sketch that's like, hey, hey, remember the dogs that chased, is it Lewis? <laughs> here they are. Hey, hey, remember the painting from the second one? It's here for some reason too. It doesn't make any sense. That's a it different was thing. All, it was all, it was always going to be that. It was always going to be nostalgic. I don't know, man. I feel like you shouldn't have watched the movie. I shouldn't Because have. you were, you were never going to like it. This is something that's just not up your alley. You don't like the you don't like these sorts of movies. These these sorts of movies that are just calling back to the original thing many decades later. And I totally get that. Like I you watched it before I did because I wasn't terribly interested in seeing it because I I thought that's what it was going to be. What yeah. I didn't expect it to be was um was such a tribute to Harold Ramis. I didn't expect to see those 
those three, well, I didn't expect to see those three dudes in it. I was excited to see two of them. <laughs> but it was two of them know, were excited to be on the like, set is, too. So it's probably not the same two yeah. that you were excited to see, but but two of them were very yeah, excited to yeah. be there. And one had the energy of a guy who had just stepped out of a car five minutes before yeah, they rolled up. the camera. Oh, no, straight up, straight up. <laughs> Look, give me the I fucking say, jumpsuit. I will say for the same reason that I loved uh, Harrison Ford and Rise of Skywalker, my favorite uh, thing of these, if we're going to do these, the uh, guy who doesn't want to be there, but we all love him. <laughs> so they make that guy show up on set is my favorite part of these movies. Yeah, that that is pretty rare. Actually. The guy who's there under duress to be like, oh, OK, proton packs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what he said, any line of dialogue, but they all felt like they were said begrudgingly. You know, you know what it is, man. I I think you, um, you hold these movies of our youth in such high regard as we all do. And as we all should that when they try to do crap with them so many years later, you really scrutinize it. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I don't do that. And that's how I enjoy them. No, I, because the, thing, the things that you're saying, you're not wrong about them. The, the, those are le legitimate criticisms of the film. I'm just saying I'm along for the ride and it's here to be I, like, ah, this is the thing. Yay. I just, here's what it really is for me. It's that. We're, we live in a world where all IP is valuable that like literally just something being an existing franchise means that we're going to get more of it. Like the studios yeah, have become yeah. more risk adverse. Anything that has name recognition, they're just going to make more of it. And, and I'm not even against that. I, I in some level, I understand it. But like if that's how it's going to be, if all movies mm -hmm. now are just going to be rehashes of movies from 20 30 years ago 40 years ago whatever at some point you have to do something different with it and if every time a ryan johnson comes along and tries to move the franchise forward or a you know um uh what's his name you know the mandalorian uh john favreau and that other guy that does the mandalorian whose name i never remember dave filoni like if they come along and people like that, but then immediately it's like, okay, we'll now make a new Boba Fett. <laughs> like you were already doing the new thing. Yeah, and then they just glob, glob but, onto him and just like do all the things. But that's like, what I'm saying. Is, do, you, do you, do you understand? Like we were doing something new. That was yeah, our jam. Right. And that's what I'm saying is that yeah, I think yeah. the nostalgia is going to kill it. Like, because people just want the same movie remade over and Straight over up. again we can never move forward because they won't make new movies. So they're just going to make the same movies like the same franchises again. But now we can't even do anything different with those franchises. I mean, fuck like people complain that Marvel makes like is formulaic. They actually take bigger swings because they're allowed to than most other franchises in terms of like the movies that they're making, you know, because they can make infinity war or in game or like, you know, something weird with yep. you know alternate realities or whatever but like i just i'm really tired of the fact that every batman movie is going to be a dark gritty 
Batman beats right. the shit out of everyone. It has to have Catwoman and, you know, it has to have two of the original, like, four or five villains right, in it. Right, <laughs> you know, right. it has to be Penguin and Catwoman and Riddler. Penguin, Catwoman, and Riddler are all in this movie for some reason, as if there aren't a hundred Batman villains <laughs> throughout the history of that character. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. And why can't, why can't a Hal, a Hal Jordan just drop in there? Well, right. Gonna... I, no, man, I'm with you. And I, to bring it all back to James Gunn, who did such a good job with Suicide Squad, why not just give him the Justice League? He can do team-up movies. He made Guardians of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad. I bet he has a pitch for Justice League. It's what, like, it's like you said, someone does something original with, with these established characters, and then... The studio jumps in and goes, keep doing that original shit over and over and over again, because that's what people want. All the original stuff. So keep doing that original stuff. What that's just what it's just rehashing. Right. You know, I, that, so that's where it comes from for me. Like, look, I yeah. I probably sound less fun than I mean to in this episode. I don't begrudge people if they liked the Ghostbusters. It's fine. I just annoyed me that like how reliant on the first movie it was to the no, totally. And yeah. I didn't. I didn't take from your opinion that you were shitting on anyone who liked that movie. You didn't even say what a shitty movie. What really struck me from you was when you said, fuck the end of that movie. Well, I again, and I wasn't, that was a really beautiful, that was a really beautiful, nice thing that they did for that, for that great man who was their friend. <laughs> I mean, the, the, it wasn't the, that wasn't the part that annoyed me. I think maybe that's what you misunderstood. What annoyed me about the end was everything else about it, where they were just doing the end of the first <laughs> movie again. <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough and fair you enough. know what here look the last thing i'll say about it because i can't let it uh, go i just didn't even think it was particularly well done because like if you're gonna just rehash the first movie at least like play against what we know and instead of introducing the three surviving ghostbusters the way they did and then having the like re-saying of the are you a god what if you know you have the character show up and she says are you a god to Carrie Coon or to Kid from Stranger Things or Paul Rudd or whoever? And then as they're about to answer off camera, we hear the voice of, you know, Ray going, I'll handle this one. And then we reveal like it's, it didn't even feel fun. Like the callbacks, they just were literally like, hey, remember that we did that? We're going to do it again. All right. It felt like Goodwill hunting to hunting season a little bit. <laughs> applesauce bitch yeah there was a little bit of that vibe i felt like except that okay. takes a bigger you know swing what? you know yeah. what fair up there was a little bit of that there and i'm i'm not gonna argue that you're absolutely yeah. right yeah, um right. we're out of time but did you watch the trailer was that for, it yeah did you watch the trailer for uh the obi-wan you know i don't watch trailers it it's it's funny that we just had this conversation that we had it's it's interesting I I will say I I hope that it's good because I think that that is if I were in charge of Star Wars which thankfully I'm not because I would quit because it doesn't seem like a good job but <laughs> I would be like look John Favreau do whatever you want I'm going to take a lunch uh and can I meet baby Yoda uh let <laughs> but uh no I have I've always felt like the thing that Lucas really fumbled in the third movie was he ended the third prequel film at the exact point that it seemed like it was interesting. 
like he seemed like he was in a hurry to wrap it up right as it was starting to do things that I've wanted to see. And I do think that gap between episode three and episode four is a really interesting gap if someone could explore it in a meaningful way of like, okay, he's what is the beginning of Darth Vader? Like, I think Lucas got way too fixated on the idea of ending with Darth Vader's suit. And I think a whole movie where Darth Vader was, you know, Darth Vader, but he's not him. Like, he's just a guy who has to become Darth Vader, like an origin story of how he went from Anakin to Darth Vader is always what's interesting to me. He, yes. Um, that seems interesting, too. I I agree with you that that's when things get the end of the Republic and the birth of the Empire has always been a really fascinating period of time for me as well. What I'd like to see and what we saw a little bit um, in a certain movie. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about that movie. Is um, I like I, I really like that nebulous period between um the the battle of yavin um and the fall of the republic that that's a, a very interesting about uh, what how long do they say it is i always i always forget about bby before the battle of yavin and the the rise of the beginning of the empire i think is about 20 or so years i could be wrong Someone's going to stab me with the right answer. Um, but that period of time, I think, is fascinating <clears throat> because that's when there's no there's no real resistance. There's no real rebellion. There are little pockets here or there of like fighting against this empire. But it is just the empire for a couple of decades. Right. And I, I would be so fascinated to see more stories from that period of like, how are, how are people existing within, within this machine? You well, know? And again, you present it like the thing that you inherit the baggage or whatever of just, I don't know the, the way that we're introduced to star Wars because we're introduced to Luke Skywalker and then uh, Ben Kenobi is on Tatooine and he's a crazy old hermit we're told and yeah, then he yeah. meets Luke and is immediately like you should come with me you know and it's like but so with everything that we saw in the prequels you know and everything we find out subsequent in the original trilogy it's like this guy you know fought alongside Anakin Skywalker watched him become Darth Vader then saw all the other Jedi slaughtered and for some reason hid out on this planet yeah. for 17 yeah. years <clears throat> well he was supposed to be watching luke apparently look i don't know man but let's see how it plays out but that's but what i'm saying I, is I, like I, i'm, I'm I never really with... understood like yeah. i need well i should probably pick an alias so uh hey man what's your name ben yeah ben what kenobi fuck I think he panicked. I think he why did i say why did i say kenobi yeah he was like i can pick any last name that's like, yeah, that's like saying, you know, you know, someone asks me my name and I say Peter and they say, what's your last name? Periwinkle. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Pretty that would easy be to Google. That would be silly. All of that fake first name, Peter, and then, you yeah, know, yeah. your actual last Who name. that name? <laughs> yeah. I also like, uh, 
I like Luke is the same problem though, right? Well, I'm Anakin Skywalker's kid and we got to hide me from the Empire. So I'll just go by my regular name and hang out on the planet uh, my dad's from. Exactly. Why wasn't his last name Owen? It should have yeah. been Owen. It yeah, should have been Lars Owen and Luke Owen. I think, you know what? I think Star Wars isn't good. I think that's what I'm realizing. I don't think the script well, is tight. I don't. I think we all need to settle the fuck down for a minute <laughs> before we start making proclamations. No, I'm actually. For, I honestly brought it up because I I thought the trailer was interesting. It also hinted at, if you remember, I had a pitch a long time ago for this. Uh-huh. I don't know if you recall, uh, because we always said that you know that as you said, uh, Ben Kenobi, he's he's on the planet there. He's there to watch Luke. I always thought the pitch I would have gone with is a baby's day out where the unseen nice. hand of Obi-Wan is constantly using the force to keep Luke yeah, yeah. from like crawling into, you know, mudslides or like things, you know, power right. converters are falling on his head and he's just sweating in the background, like saving. So there's actually yeah, it's a shot. Like, it's like a Mr. Magoo, Leela, Futurama yeah, sort of thing going that's on. That's all yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah. wanted from, from this era. But there, there legit is a shot in the trailer where he has, please correct me, because I'm sure they're not called binoculars. They're like space oculars no, or whatever. Fine. Yeah, yeah I think they're space <laughs> oculars. That's what it is. What are they? Whatever they call them, you know. <laughs> eye rectangles or whatever, you know. like <laughs> Eye rectangles. What are they called? What are they called in the Star Wars universe? I know that you know, and I know they have a silly name. So I am, just, no, I'm no, no. They're eye rectangles is what they are. <laughs> Okay, so he's got his eye rectangles and he's looking and then we see what he's looking, you know, we see the perspective through them and he's staring at a child, Luke Skywalker. Uh huh. So he is. So I think that's the setup for Baby's Day Out. (sighs) He sounds like a fucking pervert. I mean, it's a weird pitch to be like this guy. Honestly, he lives in a cave in the desert by himself and then he just stares at this kid. Mm hmm. Yeah, seems like a real creep. He also, by anyway. the way, is he somehow, I don't know, would, maybe you know, he, Leia knows who he is, so like at some point he's like, I don't know, does she just know who he is because she's heard of him, or is he like communicating with Leia in the first, like, it, you know? Oh, no, he, he, she probably hears, um, knows about him from her dad. Because he wasn't expecting to hear from her when R2 like finds him yeah yeah yes indeed but she knows all about him from um his parents for sure because remember she's royalty okay so he's literally like as far as we know prior to this show and whatever it decides he was just hanging out on this planet not talking to anyone like he's (laughs) yeah and um i think when when push came to shove bail organa told leia organa um uh obi-wan kenobi can help us so okay. get a message to him. Yeah. Yeah. Is that her mom that she has glimpses of? Are we going to explain those glimpses that she had of her mother? Yeah. Let's, let's explain those glimpses. <laughs> okay. I don't know, man. Look, before we say goodbye, I want to also wish a happy birthday to uh, Johnny Knoxville today. Anton Yelchin, we miss you. R.I.P. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Elias Koteas. It's his birthday today. Um, Alex Kingston, um, a.k.a. Uh, uh, Dr. River Song, it's her birthday today. Peter Berg. Um, uh, Terrence Howard, you've had your troubles, but happy birthday. Isn't um, it um, Douglas Adams' birthday? 
Is it Douglas Adams? Do I share a birthday with Douglas Adams? Get the fuck out of here. I always thought you did. Like, do you think you don't? Get the fuck out of here. You think you don't? I have no clue. I have no clue. I I thought that you did. I thought that I knew that for some reason. Uh, John Berriman. He was. Um, March 11th, 1952. Douglas Adams. Get the fuck out of here. I I have shared a birthday with two, two, two people who are in Doctor Who and a Douglas Adams. That's amazing. No wonder you're such a fucking Uh, nerd. Uh, <laughs> um, Lucy DeVito, uh, Danny DeVito's daughter, uh, you're a treasure, a happy mm-hmm. birthday. Um, who else we got here? I don't know. Danny uh, DeVito, wasn't he real mean to her until he found out she had magic powers and then she got no, to live no, with Mrs. Thinking, Honey? You're thinking of, Mat- you're thinking of Matilda. Oh, of Matilda. that's not his yeah. real daughter. Not, yes, yes, <laughs> not, not a, not a real person. Oh, Rob, Rob Paulson, who is the vo- voice of... Uh, Raphael, the Ninja Turtle, and Yako Warner, and 300 other characters. Happy birthday to you. Mark Metcalf, a character actor you would recognize. Happy birthday to you. And and last but not least, a special happy birthday to someone who I have a profound connection with, I feel. Um, but but I, not in a weird way. Uh, Thora Birch. Thora Birch, who was born on the same day that i was happy 40th thora birch you're a treasure you did awesome shit and also weren't you both up for that role in american beauty right you lost <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 but um they wanted me to hang dong and i was a minor and i said i'm not hanging dong in this movie which was weird because then you turned 18 and you couldn't stop you like <laughs> you it, everyone was like put that away yeah put it away it's tiny. No one cares. Yeah, we're right. like we. Nobody wants to hear from Celine Dion right now. That's a callback to last show. <laughs> when you hold me like this, <laughs> and you right, touch no. me like that. Oh God, it, it's all coming back to me. Ugh. All right. <laughs> yeah, will. Uh, but no, happy birthday, buddy. I hope you hey, have a good thanks, day. Man. And remember, question everything. Yeah. And shut up and call a lawyer. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead the years start coming and they don't stop coming fed to the rules and they hit the ground running didn't make sense not to live for fun your brain gets smart but your head gets dumb so much to do so much to see so what's wrong with taking the back streets you'll never know if you don't go you'll never shine if you don't glow it's fun to stay at the hey now you're an all-star get your game on go play hey now you're a rock star get the show on get and all the glitters is gold Only shooting stars break the mold Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, yeah You can get yourself clean, you can get a good meal You can do whatever you feel By the way, speaking of Matilda, Mara Wilson, I've seen around like LA more than anyone else because she is so recognizable as just Matilda but older. Hobo Radio is a production of hobotrashcan.com. 
If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. This is Joe. And this is Chris from the Curioso Podcast. You are currently listening to The Hobo Radio. Joe, do hobos listen to Hobo Radio? I think so. They have one in their stick and bindle, right? Uh, that's called a bindle stiff, sir. Bindle stiff. And you know what? If you listen to The Curioso, you will get to know things like that. Because we talk about the weird, the strange, the bizarre, and sometimes the mundane that you just don't know. So enjoy your two hobos, but you can catch us at thecurioso.com on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. Nicholas Cage wants you to. <laughs>